Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 5 p.m., with church school for all ages at 9 a.m. Please also connect with us online at chapelofthecrossms.org. I hope this sermon enriches your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. If we took a survey of the best-known Christian songs, I wonder what would make the list. Not the most popular, not the most beautifully composed or poetically written or theologically profound, but the most familiar. Amazing Grace certainly. Old rugged cross, obviously. Jesus loves me, always a favorite with the younger crowd. But in the top ten must be the camp favorite, Kumbaya. A Google search for Kumbaya produces over half a million results, and not all of them are positive. I found one article titled, When Did Kumbaya Become Such a Bad Thing? Some associate kumbaya with naivete or obtuse optimism. We may love kumbaya, we may hate kumbaya. We may have heard kumbaya so many times we want to tear our eyeballs out. But no matter how we feel about the old favorite, we must be in agreement that the theology of the lyrics is is a spot-on description of the incarnate God. Someone's crying, Lord. Come by here. Someone's laughing, Lord. Come by here. Someone's praying, Lord. Come by here. We believe as Christians that when we need God, whether we know it or not, to quote the Christian humanist Erasmus, called or uncalled, God is present. We find understandable comfort in this theological fact whether delivered by a well-worn folk song or a dusty 16th century European. For we believe that our God is not a distant God, a separate God, a standoffish God, but a close God, a personal God, an intimate God. Our God is not far, far away on some tall throne, but with us, among us, crying when we cry, laughing when we laugh, welcoming when we welcome fearing when we fear. In our Old Testament reading, the prophet Jeremiah proclaims, Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them? We often use the Celtic image of the thin place, a place where God seems much closer than usual. 
That thin place can be a physical place like the chapel or camp or the beach, or it can be a person, that beloved grandmother, or that friend you can call any time, day or night. However, while these examples may be compelling, we can take even greater comfort in the reality that all places are thin places because of the closeness of our God. And we need only wash away all of the grit and grime of our distractions and sinfulness to discover how close God is all the time. Now, you may be asking yourself what these pleasant thoughts have to do with our very dark readings this morning. Am I avoiding the gospel? Yes. Should we get on with it? Probably. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have, I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Groovy. The closeness of God, which offers such great comfort and solace, has a flip side, and that flip side encompasses great risk. For as anyone who has ever embarked on a significant relationship, marriage, children, a job, can tell you with relationship comes knowledge, and knowledge creates problems. Knowledge can create conflict. Knowledge can be used as a weapon. Knowledge can evaluate, and knowledge can judge. Yes, God knows us, and that is soothing, but God is much more than a cosmic stuffed animal. For since God created us and comforts us, God also knows us and sees all that we do and think. As the Book of Common Prayer prays, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. God knows everything. And if that isn't frightening to you, perhaps I should repeat myself. God knows everything. And when someone else knows everything about you, we feel very vulnerable. And when we arrive at a place of vulnerability and honesty and transparency, and we abide in that awkward space with the other, we presume one of two outcomes, rejection or acceptance. And as broken creatures, we expect rejection. We may seem confident, self-assured, but deep down inside in those places that God only knows, our default assumption is rejection. And these thoughts are not unwarranted. All around us we see rejection. An argument we believe in with all our heart can be rejected. A project we are so proud of can be rejected. Whole groups of people are rejected daily for shallow reasons. Or our freshman year in high school, we call up a girl to ask her to the homecoming dance, and she hangs up the phone before you can even finish saying hello. Not that that happened to me. I'm just offering a hypothetical example. When we are judged... And if we are rejected, we can feel angry and riven and separated from one another, like the fractured relationships Jesus speaks about in our gospel. Rejection, sadly, is part of our life. 
and a necessary part of becoming better at the tasks of life. But, but rejection is not the only possible outcome when we are judged. For while we expect rejection, more often than not, we are accepted. I pray that each of us knows an unconditional love that accepts us for who we are. Our sore souls, pockmarked by our various betrayals and rejections, have a hard time comprehending such love. Parents should offer such love. True friends offer such love. Spouses should offer such love. And most importantly, God offers such love. Even a God who knows everything. Don't get me wrong, God does judge us. God sees when we sin and will name the sin, point out the sin, and God will say, look what you did. When Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, he meant it. For the purifying fire of God's judgment will reveal all that we have done and left undone. But we need not fear or avoid God's judgment, for judgment is not the end of our relationship with God. What did Jesus say today, right after that remark about fire? But I have a baptism with which to be baptized. Water defeats fire, and the grace and love of God made known in Jesus Christ and symbolized by our baptism shields us from our doom. God may judge, but ultimately, God accepts. Judgment is part of our relationship with God, but it is not the end. Judgment is somewhere in the middle, while the relationship begins and ends with acceptance. God accepted us when he made us in his image and said that we are good. Someone who knows us is frightening, but miraculously God still loves us. God knows everything, and yet he still loves us. Amen.